podcast you've been looking for all along. Step into the life of urban exploration with guests from around the world. Welcome to No Tracers. Welcome back to No Tracers. I hope you guys are enjoying this show. If you're new, please hit the subscribe button. And if you've been listening for, you know, any amount of time, really, please leave a rating and feedback on the show, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, if you have an Apple account for any Apple product, please leave a rating and feedback on there. It helps the podcast grow. It helps us find more listeners. We have like 32 ratings. I would like to get that to 50 by the end of this year. That would be super sick. We are five stars on the society and culture uh, section of the Apple Podcasts. This week on the podcast, my guest is The Dark Room, spelled D-V-R-K, The Dark Room on Instagram. She has quite an amazing story to tell, and I'm super stoked to share it with you guys this week on the show. If you want to watch this episode, and by that I mean if you want to listen to the audio and see my guest's photographs, head to the Just the Letter K YouTube channel, and you can actually check out a video version of this podcast. Super stoked on this show. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Before we get into it, just a few things I need to let you know about. First of all, I have a photography book out called No Tracers, an Urban Explorer's Diary. If you guys want to support my art, those books are actually on sale right now. So I'm trying to get rid of I have five more copies left. So if you guys want a signed copy of my photography book, I would love for you to pick one up. Head to notracers.com. Over there, you can also see my blog, my photos, my stories, all of these podcasts, pretty much anything and everything No Tracers related. Uh, you can pick up a hat. I've got hats on there t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. So thank you guys for supporting the podcast and for supporting my art. You guys are the best. Lastly, I need to thank our partner on this podcast, Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you've never heard of it, don't worry, I made an ad for you. Here it is. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water, a water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and god knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death. Murder your thirst. So if you guys want to give liquid death mountain water a try, head to liquiddeath.com, pick up a few cases of water, and uh, pick up a set of koozies, and then use code just the letter K for 10% off your order. It's as easy as that. Thanks for supporting, guys. Thank you, liquid death, for supplying water for my life. I appreciate you. All right, without further ado, The Dark Room. Please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. Hi, everyone. My name is The Dark Room. Um, I've been exploring for 10 years now. I'm located in the Northeast, um, and I really do enjoy exploring for mostly historical reasons. But um, other than that, I love to share my photos. So give me a follow at The Dark Room. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. So can you tell me about your first exploration you ever went on and like what happened? What did you experience and what made you catch this bug? 
So the first time I ever went exploring, it actually was with my old best friend who was really in phot- into photography. She actually got me into photography as well, um, mostly film photography. That's why my name is The Dark Room, but instead of the A, I put the V because um, The Dark Room was already taken. But anyway, um, so we went to an abandoned um, psych asylum. Um, it's in Totten Mass, but it's not there anymore. Um, and we decided to take a bunch of glow sticks and go through the tunnels. Um, and it just was really exciting. And then I went back a couple more times and then took a lot of photos there with film during the day. Um, but I just like the history of it. Um, there's a lot of really cool history behind that building. Um, but uh, it was cool to capture it and really be able to create some memories that people can look back on um, and really be able to maybe look up the history of the building. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. And so then I just continued to do it. And um, I had no idea there was a community involved um, until uh, somebody that I was exploring with told me there was a community. And I was like, wow, I can't believe there's a community. But um, ever since then, I've been hooked. Nice. And what was it like to explore that building at night versus in the day? Like most people just go during the day or whatever. They only do like one or the other, you know, but you did both. So what was that like? Like, was it different at night? Like, tell me about that. It's definitely creepy because like you're kind of, I feel as though almost scared of your own shadow. But um, if you actually look up the history of the actual building, it does say there's like paranormal activity that's happened there. And of course, you know, it's one of those asylums where people have died. Um, So I would, I felt like, you know, when it's dark out, your senses are kind of like enhanced. So you're just like, Ooh, what is that? What was that sound? Or, you know, even during the day, it's like that sometimes at night, like your scent, your senses are just heightened. So it's a little bit scarier, but um, it's, it's fun. It's fun both ways. Definitely. I just did my first overnight at an asylum and it was to actually film a guy do a paranormal investigation. We didn't really experience anything that night, but, you know, other groups that have gone there have experienced stuff. But it was also like one of the one of the few times that I've been like allowed on a property. You know what I mean? Which is like always different because you don't feel that adrenaline as much. Um, But for you, like when did you start doing photography like when did that come into play in your life and in your explorations was it immediate or was it like over time you picked up a camera um yes from the beginning of exploring I picked up a camera mostly film Um, I start with like a pentax and then I've evolved into digital Um, I work for a wedding company that does videos as well Um, so that's when I switched to digital um, which I started with Canon and now I'm switched to Sony but um, the whole time I've been taking photos, I do have a Flickr, which goes back all the way to like 2014. But because um, some of my older photos are just like a little embarrassing, but just for people who have just started exploring, like if they wanted to check it out, it's Tessa Alexandra Shea. Um, they can just scroll all the way back and see like really where I came from, where I started and like be able to go all the way forward from there to see where I am now but um you know everybody starts somewhere and if you just keep doing it you'll be able to get better and you know maybe someday some people like print their photos and things like that I don't really sell prints but um and some people like make books now but you can basically do anything you want it's all about having fun and having you know it's like my it's like basically um my getaway from reality to be honest with you like it's just my way to get away so Yeah, no, I totally relate to that. I mean, when we step into these places, it's like you're almost going into like a time portal, like the world outside kind of shuts off and like dissipates and like just fades away. And I think that's one of the most unique things about urban exploring and going into abandoned places is that 
you forget about the the quote unquote real world that's still moving and it seems like everything just stops in these buildings because they're stuck in this state of abandonment and I think that's just so fascinating and uh for you like would you ever print your photos like is that something you've you've thought about doing like for me I I always wanted to have a photography book and I finally made one about urban exploring and it it's it was so nice to be able to like hold my book in my hands and like have something tangible you know because I feel like the art of print is like kind of lost because of digital like digital photography yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad you did that. Um, I mean, I would probably consider it in the future just because, I mean, it would be nice to have the prints in my hands. I do. I used to develop my own film, so I have a lot of those prints and they've just been traveling with me from apartment to apartment and like <laughs> look at them now and they're they're in like um, a portfolio, but they're all moldy and everything. So I'm like, geesh, I should probably right. uh, redo these some point. But um other than that, like I've tried to print out a couple of prints. Um, I was editing only on my laptop for a very long time. And then um, I met a lot of Instagrammers and a lot of them edit on their phones. And so since then, I tried to print out like a print that I edited on my phone and the quality once I printed it out was just like not good. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to like edit more on my my laptop and see, you know, if I want to if I want to, um, you know, print out some photos from there, um, the quality probably will be a little bit better. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I just take my my photos to like Staples, you know, or like Office Depot, whatever. And I've gotten for my apartment, we wanted to decorate it with like my photography, so I printed out like seven twenty by thirty photos that were saved on my computer, and the quality is a lot, definitely a lot better uh, doing it that way, especially if you shoot in RAW. Uh, yeah. I know there's some photographers that only shoot in JPEG, but. Uh, going raw is like the the better option if you guys are trying to print stuff out Um, for you can you talk more about gear so like for for first time explorers for new explorers that are just getting into the hobby do you have any gear recommendations as far as like backpacks shoes tripods lights anything like that um so uh I do have a light that I got from tractor supply it's it was like $15 on clearance. And I, I tried to look it up recently to see if I could find it for other explorers because um, it has like a, a Velcro strap that you can basically like just attach it to anything. Um, but I think it's not made anymore, but it was a really good purchase at Tractor Supply. It's like a, a rechargeable uh, light. Um, for my backpack, I actually got my backpack through um, the bundle that I got for my Sony, um, and it has what I feel is so necessary is somewhere where you can um, store your tripod. So it has like a little like lip and it has a clip that wraps around it so you can just add your tripod onto your backpack. Um, but I have a lot of like space in there, like for different lenses and which I don't usually use, but I always bring and now I have a drone. So I put that in there as well. Um, and like, I just have like little areas where I could put like, if it's, if it's cold out, I have like, you know, the, the hand warmers and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely necessary to have a backpack that has a lot of areas that you put stuff in like water, definitely bring water when you go on and explore. Cause there's been many times in the summertime where I didn't, and I'm like, you know, it's very hot and, um, and snacks, I always bring extra snacks, but, um, for that stuff, um, I mean, in, especially with my tripod, I just spent a lot of money on my tripod. I, I spent a lot of money on my tripod, um, you know, five years ago, and then I cheaped out and got like an $85 Manfrotto one from, um, 
Best Buy. Um, and I broke like three or four of those because like I, I use it all the time. But finally, I, I just invested in a $350 like titanium tripod that I could put in like waterfalls if I want to take long exposures and things like that. So I mean, gear wise for beginning explorers, I say don't spend the money. Like I, some of my best photos came out with like the cheapest equipment. Um, my first camera ever was actually bought at Savers for $20. It was a film camera. It's, it was a Pentax K1000. Um, and I took amazing photos of that. Um, and it's fun because film is like magical. Like you don't know, you don't really remember what you shoot until you, you develop it. And then you're like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe I took that photo. And plus you could put those out and, and have a, you know, little memory book of the explorers you went on. But, and then for digital, my first digital camera was really cheap. It was like a Canon, um, 400D, um, with a crappy like 50 millimeter lens um, and I took pretty good photos of that as well. I, I do prefer Canon over uh, Sony because the colors are a lot better. Um, everyone says Sony, everybody like dies by Sony but honestly like I really do like Canon better I'm not gonna lie but I only switched to Sony for the company I work for and I don't know I kind of miss Canon in a way but um, I try to keep my Canon and um, I had a better Canon than um, the 400D but um I couldn't switch back from Sony and Canon, Canon during a wedding. It was just too much pressure because the settings are completely different. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sony is good too. Um, so whatever people like, um, the cheaper the cheaper to start off, the better, because then you kind of get a hang of how the camera works. And then as you slowly feel as though you're more interested in doing it, I feel as though maybe you should upgrade when you have the extra money, but it's not necessary at all. Yeah, and I completely agree about I, I shoot on Sony as well just because of like the video aspect of it, but I do agree that Canon has better color science. Sony's trying to get there, but Canon just is superior at like the color science stuff. Yeah, I agree. So um, I do love both and I do love film and Pentax pr preferably for the film cameras. And like I said, you can buy that camera at like Savers if you keep an eye out for like 20 bucks. And I had that camera for years and years. I could have dropped it and everything and it still worked perfectly fine. So um, yeah. yeah, like it's whatever you think. I mean, I, I know a lot of um, Instagrammers that just use their phones and, you know, with the right. new iPhone and everything that costs like, you know, a thousand plus dollars, <laughs> like people get really good photos and you would never expect that those photos came from an iPhone. So, you know, yeah. it's whatever I mean, anybody you're... feels comfortable with. Um, but yeah, as long as you're having exactly. fun and, you know, enjoying yourself and whatever art you're creating, I totally support that. So anybody that ever has questions, they can always come to me and ask. I don't mind. Awesome. And uh, can you talk about the mentality of an urban explorer? Like, what makes you do this? Like, what do you get out of it? So I like going there, learning about the history of the buildings and all of that. But in reality, like, it's about the adventure itself. Like, um, just be able, be able to plan for the weekend. Hey, I'm going to go to upstate New York. That's like three hours away from me. Um, and then I go to my notes and I have a lot of pins. So I start making like during our journey, like in, in order of like where we're going. So we don't waste any time. Like this weekend, I went to like nine spots because um, I planned it all out. I even planned like the time it would take to get from one, one spot to the next. Um, but yeah, it's, I love just making an adventure out of it, like getting away for the weekend and just having fun with friends um, it's pretty fun. Um, I do self-portrait sometimes and that's fun too, but it just has to be in the right setting with the right people. Cause like, I don't want to be holding people up trying to take a picture of myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
For sure. For sure. No, I totally get that. Um, do you have any urban exploration injury stories? Um, the only injury I think I got was um, I went to this church in Connecticut and uh, you have to like slip down into the basement through this really small window and I'm really tall. So I didn't realize that the ceiling was really short and I literally hit my head on a pole um, like that was like <laughs> suspended down from the ceiling. And I just like I ended up getting like a really big scratch like on the bridge of my nose. But other than that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I pretty. I play it pretty safe um, and I'm glad that I haven't had any other injuries other than that because like I've been doing it for a lot of years and what it I mean exploring is dangerous there's a lot of floors that are really sketchy and you mm -hmm. can easily fall through a floor and that's why it's always important to have somebody with you if it's a sketchy spot like that because if you were to hurt yourself on that level you definitely need to have a friend there because if you're by yourself you're and you fall through a floor you're pretty much like it's not a good time yeah Definitely. And speaking of like it being a dangerous hobby, can you talk about your riskiest experience or your most dangerous experience that you've you've been through? Um, so I so at the beginning of COVID, there was a spot that's on federal property that um, everybody was going to and I was really bored. And there was just one day I was like, Oh, my God, everybody's hitting the spot. I've wanted to go for five years now. Like, why? Why the heck not? Um, so idiot me went in the middle of the day on a weekday and, um, I went with somebody who didn't really explore and I got, there's like a couple of fences. You have to like slide under the first fence. Then you get to the second fence, go through that. And then there's a third fence that has this huge, no trespassing sign, like huge. <laughs> um, and so I'm like looking around trying to find a way in and all of a sudden security pulls around and nobody told me that this building was on, um, the job core site. And the Job Corps building was right behind the abandoned building that I was trying to get into. So um, we ended up getting caught. And because it's federal property, you almost instantly get arrested. But somehow, because I'm a nurse, I talked my way out of it. But everybody was like, oh, my God, everybody gets arrested there. How did you get out of that? And um, I mean, that's like the riskiest, per se, like legally for me. Um, for any other spot, I, I can't really say anything's really too... I feel like most spots are like the same, just sketchy floors. But um, mm -hmm. and then uh, there was another spot I did in the UK and uh, I just had a really bad feeling about it. And um, we got to the control room and I, I ended up posting it on my Instagram, but we got to the control room and um, apparently we were standing right in front of cameras. I went like these UK explorers. <laughs> and um, so we ended up getting caught and we got pulled out of the place and the police officers were, were like, where are you from? You sound like you talk differently than us. And I was like, I'm from the United States. And they're just like, oh my God, seriously? They're like, why would you do this? This is so weird. I was like, um, just, I don't know. We like to capture the history and we just like to like, you know, see the decay and things like that. And um, they they let us go because they were storm chasers. And they come to the United, they come to the United States to chase storms. So they said they get it, and that we probably do it for the same reasons that they do it, um, even though what we're doing is illegal. But um, you know, they they were like, "We get what you're doing. We understand." So they let us go. Wow, that's incredible. That's always like the best feeling when you like quote unquote get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are like the two times I've gotten caught. I've been pretty lucky. Um, knock on wood. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I can't afford to get arrested, especially with my job because I'm a registered nurse. Like I would definitely, right. I would definitely lose my job. So that's why I've been a little bit like backing off 
the Arabex thing because like I have seen almost every spot I've ever wanted to see in my area at least. Um, and like I do look up spots when I go travel like in the United States, like the West Coast. Um, I, I was like in the Midwest. I've been in Florida, things like that. Um, I'll, I'll try to hit a couple of things. But for the most part, especially in this area, like I just like unless it's definitely something I absolutely love, which I've been on and off Instagram recently. So like lately, I don't really know what there is to do anymore because I've already explored everything that I know. Um, but, you know, for me, it's not worth getting caught. If I drive by it and it looks like it's sketchy, like I would get caught. I'm like, eh, I'll just go to the next spot. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. And it's kind of the same. I I feel for me, I'm in Southern California and I feel like I've seen kind of everything that there is. And like I started exploring California when I when I kind of moved here in 2014 to 2016, I really started like dove into urban exploring because I found a community out here. And uh, I feel like I've seen like most of the places out here other than some like select like mansions that all have like security cameras, things like that, that I know I would get caught at. And um, I feel like now like within the past couple of years, they've really ramped up security and they have like a police presence at most of these places. So it's like getting harder to explore out here on the West coast, especially. So, but I, but I definitely want to get out to like the Northeast. I've had several guests on this show from like kind of your area, uh, recently, especially on the show. And, you know, they, they all talk about like, Allentown State Hospital that's no longer there. They talk about all these amazing places that I've never gotten to see. And so, like, I I hope to get out there soon so that I can come see those spots. But, yeah, I think that overall it's getting a little bit more sketchy because of things like Instagram to, to go exploring. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, there is a lot of spots that are, like, getting boarded and things like that. And it's just the past couple of times since I've been off Instagram that I've explored, I'm like, wow, like, it's not the same. It's just not the same because like Instagram does blow up some spots and um, it's not anybody's fault. Really. I understand people like think it's cool and want to go take photos of it, but not everybody is, I'm not going to try to be mean by saying this, but smart about it. Like they'll go midday. Mm-hmm. Like I did that day when I was bored at, at Grafton at that federal property. And um, you know, then it gets ruined for everybody else. And yeah. you know um, it's just, I don't know. I still love everybody, but, um, and I hope they get their cool shots and everything, but it's even, it's even that way with, um, spots that are like nature. Um, I went to the West coast to do, um, dead man's cove. Um, mm-hmm. and it literally like they had it all like crossed off. Like you couldn't get by that. You would get arrested if you trespassed. Cause like everybody it's on like uh, coast guard property and they just got sick of people going there and taking photos. And they just like ended up like, like basically closing off the the trail and um i couldn't even fly my drone there because uh they ended up like when you fly your drone sometimes they'll put that you can't fly it's a no fly zone basically the the geofencing yeah yeah so that's what they did so i was like this isn't even fun like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i was like i I was dying to go there that's basically why i went there the dead man's cove but um yeah no Mm. i still made the best of it i found some um abandoned shipwrecks out there on the coast it was pretty cool that's sick that's super awesome uh, can you talk about your scariest exploration? I know you, you kind of mentioned a couple risky things, but if you have like another like scary experience, this could be paranormal, something like that, or just like a, a running into like a homeless person, or we've had people be like held up at gunpoint on this show. Like we've heard all kinds of stories. 
All right, so uh, there's a spot that I went to this weekend that a lot of people know about. It's in New Jersey. It's like a blue auditorium. But anyway, I went with two people this weekend. One of them is not really an explorer. And I've been to the spot a couple of times, but it was always really sketchy on the outside. And this time it was like the sketchiest like ever. Like I've been at least three times to try to get in and it was just sketchy every time. And people have legitimately said that there's meth heads just in there or like crack addicts just like smoking crack and things like that. My friends looked at me. They're like, no, we're going to pass on this because I really there was so many homeless people outside of it. And I'm sure there was more inside. But like when it comes to stuff like that, I definitely I'm I'm like, uh, everybody's like, no, hard pass. Um, but just the area itself was really scary. Um, and then there's um, a theater up the street that I've done before that I felt really scared in because I thought I heard people talking and like I just felt really scared being in that theater alone. It's like a double decker theater. Um, but yeah, like I felt like there was somebody else there. Um, but I couldn't see them. So I was just like, ah, help. I'm, I'm afraid to be by myself. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that area is very scary um, in New Jersey. So um, yeah, definitely be careful like sometimes because you never know who's going to just come up behind you and be like, wow, you have thousand thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Like it'd be pretty cool if I had that, <laughs> um, especially <laughs> as a girl, because like, you know, yeah. I mean, I could try to defend myself, but if it's somebody really aggressive, I mean, I don't know if I would actually be able to get away. Um, yeah. But and, and in that area, I feel as though if you screamed, like nobody would really hear you. So. Yeah. But yeah, just for sure. Just yeah, that's why I always try to bring one other person with me, just in case something like that was to happen as well. Definitely. Do you have a favorite history of a place that you've explored? I know that you're like a big history buff. So uh, if you have a favorite history of a, a specific abandoned place. Um, so one of my favorite spots that actually really got blown up recently is Linwood Hall. Um, they have cameras now. They have a security team. But like I've been dying to do that place for five years now. Um, somebody on the Titanic like once lived there and things like that and just the history and just the architecture in general like they have this beautiful mural on the ceiling that's worth like a million plus dollars um, I just like the just the way that the building itself was built it has like columns in the front I think it has over a hundred rooms um, it has like an area for just women um, and it's just it's beautiful but um, they've like, but for the history behind that, um, I'm I'm not too sure. Besides the fact that like somebody from the Titanic was involved, but just like how beautiful it is on the inside, they just don't make things like that anymore. Um, so that's really why I wanted to go there. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and I'm glad people got to shoot it because like everybody went at the same time, and that's why what happened happened because they just didn't want it to get ruined. But um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think the the owner of it was like a lord, and I think his son was like his two sons or his son was on the Titanic, like died obviously in the Titanic. Uh, but I think he was he was like an investor in the Titanic, the the original o owner of the manor. That's awesome. Yeah, super crazy. We actually had somebody uh, recently come on the show. Uh, uh, so abandoned Southeast has been there. Um, he, he captured a bunch of drone photography, uh, at, at the, the hall. Um, and I had someone recently come on the show that's also been in there and they spent like, 
I think they spent like six hours in there because like you said, it's like a hundred rooms. Like that's all that's a lot to explore. That's awesome. I was so scared when I went in there. I literally didn't even set up my tripod. I ran through the entire hall <laughs> and just shot the quickest I've ever shot anything because there was a rumor going around at one point, which I think it was true because people have sent me photos of, of um, these guard dogs. Um so yeah, there used to be the the reason why a lot of people stayed away was um there was two guard dogs in there and like I've seen videos of them and they sound vicious. <laughs> Ooh, but um no I think one of them just recently died and then the other one when I went was actually in the groundskeeper's yard and I actually circled the groundskeeper's yard and was like I will pay you to go inside of this building like <laughs> <laughs> So, that's incredible yeah yeah it was fun um i enjoyed it but after seeing that in the united states i'm just like hmm, i don't know anything else i'm just like j- that that one was just so beautiful oh for sure and they don't make buildings like that anymore so it's it's super cool that you got to see that um do you have any bucket list items i know you mentioned that you've kind of explored like everything you wanted to see in your area but do you have any other uh, bucket list items um not particularly i definitely want to go to italy at some point and check out a few spots um that's really like my bucket list right now and maybe japan um but tickets mm-hmm. to go to japan not for just for a flight are so expensive um but other than that like um I don't really have any plans to explore anything particular, but I would love to go to Italy because just of the history alone um, and the architecture, uh, that's why I would want to go there. But um, depends. Like if anybody, like if I start to explore with somebody and they're like, we're going to go to this state, I'll probably just do research and be like, okay, found a few things that look really cool. Check them out and stuff like that. But not nothing specific at this point. Gotcha. Um, and if you could live in one abandoned place that you've explored for an entire week, no hassle, no problems, not getting caught, comfortably live in a place, which one would it be? Um, there's a mansion at Ipswich, which I tried to go back to um, on a monas- monastery um, property. Um, it's beautiful. It's like it's like Italian Renaissance style. Um, I would love to be there, even though there's raccoons. But um, <laughs> um it's beautiful there so i i would say it would be that one um i just recently tried to go back there and there's cameras now and it's freshly boarded so that was sad but um yeah i would probably say it would be that one damn i hate uh, like i i get it i get why they board stuff up but like it's it's so sad it's so heartbreaking because you want to get in these places so badly um they just recently boarded up this abandoned SWAT training facility. It was like seven floors covered in graffiti. They still had like the shooting targets like littered all over the floor. And uh, I got to explore it for like, I don't know, maybe four hours with a friend of mine one day. And the next time I drove past it, they had painted the whole building white, boarded everything up. And it just looks like this white like tomb basically (laughs) just right off the side of the freeway it's crazy it's so crazy to see it now versus like what it was before like i have these really cool drone photos of the building covered in graffiti next to the freeway and with like los angeles in the background and now it's just like this this white it kind of looks like an eyesore now to be honest with you like it it looks totally different and i thought it looked way cooler with the graffiti all over the building (laughs) yeah um that is unfortunate. Um, there is a couple of islands off the coast of Boston and New York that I would like to check out, but I'm not going to say their names. People probably already know what they are, but um, they look pretty yeah. epic. And I think you either need to take a boat or kayak there 
kayak out there. And I think possibly me and my friend might go check them out soon because she's done them a couple of times, which I think is awesome. And you can like sleep there. Some One of the buildings has um, electricity still. Um, but I can't wait to hopefully check those out soon. Those are two things I might want to check out because not a lot of people can get out there. They need, either need to know somebody with a boat or kayak. Um, but yeah, so that's that's unfortunate that they did that. They made it an eyesore. That's not very nice. Right, exactly. And then my last question for you is, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring? Um, probably, um, I'm just like a really nice person and like I would meet people and like once I meet them and I, I feel like I trust them in things like I would, I would, you know, help them out with spots. But then when I would ask them to help me with a spot, they wouldn't. So I would just say like, don't be so eager to like help people with spots unless they show you that they're going to help you too. Um, I know it's probably stupid to like, act, like, you know, try to trade spots with people and things like that. And that you should do your own research and all things like that. But, um, you know, a lot of the places that we all explore are word of mouth. Um, and it's just, you know, like, because if you give somebody a spot, you don't know who they're going to give it to. Um, and that's how some spots, you know, blow up because one person gives it to another person, another person gives it to another person. And it's fine. I mean, I want everybody to see stuff. But um that's like probably the one thing I would say, um, you know, just be careful who you give spots to because you never know where they're going to go. And yeah, that's all I have to say, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you don't know what people's intentions are at the end of the day, you know, and that's how like a lot of places get vandalized or, you know, people go in and smash stuff up, which like we never want to see that happen. Um, if people want to continue following your journey, Drop your social media one more time. Tell people where they can find you online. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm on Instagram, The Dark Room. It's T-H-E underscore D-V-R-K underscore R-O-O-M. And I have Flickr. Um, it's Tessa Alexandra Shea. Um, thanks, guys. I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, guys, that was my episode with The Dark Room. If you want to check out her photography and follow her journey more, I put her social media down in the description. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Tracers podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback. It helps the show out. It helps me out. And it lets me know what you like about the show. Thank you guys for supporting. You're the best. I'll talk to you again next week for another episode of No Tracers. In the meantime, stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace. <laughs>